Hello, mortals. We are your Valkyries, Miss Darby and Miss Charlie. And we are two divided divas finally reunited with our celestial sister. Just like you, you nasty girl. We will be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work, art, and the erotic taboo counterculture we can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the Babes of Alhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underage, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Today, we'll be interviewing our dear friend and space babe, one of the original trio, from our first foray into the funky underworld of sex work. Her name is Scarlett, and we'll be talking to her about her experiences working in the sex industry. We all started dancing together almost seven years ago, and now I have stolen her away, and she works with me out here on the East Coast, uh, which is a very different environment from where we started. So welcome, Scarlett, and thank you so much for talking to us. Hello. Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so before we start, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, so I am from the Midwest, as with Darby and Charlie here, and I am an African-American woman. I'm about 30 years old, about to turn 30 years old anyway, um, and I've been dancing for just about the same amount of time, and really loving it out here on the East Coast. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so I guess like looking back, uh, how did you feel when you first started? Um, so when I first started dancing, I was nervous, um, really nervous because I'd never danced before. Um, I had worked at a strip club before um, as a waitress, and that was really fun, but it was also stressful and it could be really demeaning at times. So I was like, okay, let me just take my power back <laughs> and get up on the pole and see if I could make it work. Um, and it was really scary. It was really scary. <laughs> so I guess what were uh, some of your fears going into it? Um, that I couldn't translate dancing, like, at the club into dancing on a pole or, like, on a stage. Also, I have really bad stage fright when it comes to, like, performing. Um, dancing, not so much, because I've always been a dancer. I used to be in on a dance team and all of that. But just, like, being on a stage alone freaked me out. And also, like, talking to random strangers and... I guess approaching customers and asking for lap dances because that was a whole new thing for me completely new and yeah like mostly like how would I I guess body positivity fears too like they're all gonna think I'm so fat or I'm gonna think I'm so fat or I'm not strong enough or I'm not I don't have enough moves or my butt's not big enough my boobs aren't big enough or whatever and that kind of stuff mostly was what I started out with my like biggest fears our last episode we were actually talking a lot about our own fears but I do remember the first night counting up all that money and kind of like the exhilaration and realizing the differences between my fears about the club versus the reality of the club mm -hmm. what were your experiences with that um well the as far as the money goes at first it was like really exhilarating like you said oh my gosh now I have all this cash in my hand what am I going to do with it to be honest when I very first like when I very very first started my first couple sets I made like $80 oh my gosh I have a whole $80 in cash it's so exciting but then I guess going back to the fears when we started making money and then tallying up and like we would always be very honest like this is one thing that really helped me but we were very, always very honest about how much mm -hmm. we each made I noticed a little bit more like a little bit of a discrepancy because um you guys are both white <laughs> no <laughs> no you know you guys are both white and i'm black and in the industry it does make a difference especially based on where we were at i was i think i was one of three black girls so i had more of that like exotic flair but it's also mm. like a limited market and that that was something when i when we first started dancing like i had no no like realization of because 
I'd never experienced that as far as like work because in my jobs, like my day jobs, I was always like, it was just like regular nine to five that didn't really kind of matter what race I was type of work. Whereas like in dancing, your customers all want something different. So that plays into like, you know, they want, <laughs> they want a big booty black girl, you know, or whatever. So then my fears about being like not black enough kind of started to come into play because I wasn't, mm. I felt cause I was raised like in a primarily white community. Um, I felt like, like I was often told and I still get often told this, that I speak really well for a black woman, which mm. doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. So I speak really well or I have like really good diction um, or I'm not super ghetto or I'm like very normal and like unexpected and sometimes it's a very good thing. Like when I first started dancing, where we started, it was a very good thing. Um, and I was able to get customers that way, but it also mm -hmm. made me very, very shy. Well, we even had a friend that would say stuff like, um, well, I'm, well, she, she's a white girl, but she would be like, well, I'm, you know, blacker than you. You're basically white. Mm -hmm. And like, we've talked about that. I, yeah, <laughs> what a weird but, thing you know, to say. We talked about that, and like even yeah, like I mean, people I've like even the like people have said like oh yeah, well Scarlet, but I mean like she's like basically white, and it's like well no, actually she's a black woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you've kind of contended with that because you are educated, mm -hmm. which I think is then what's that saying? Yeah, yeah, we get and I get a lot of like. Lately, it's been a lot of like, wow, you're just so normal. Like, you're just, you're just not what I expected. Like, I totally expected you to be a little bit more, more, you know, ethnic. And I'm like, you mean ghetto. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. They've created a very stereotypical persona you're supposed to fit. And the fact that you don't fit it, it's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, there's more than one type of person out there that looks like you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there's 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 millions. So do you feel like you start to like gravitate to a certain type of customer that made you feel more comfortable? Yes and no. So yes in that there's some customers out there who are like they just like the way that I dance versus like how I look or my personality when I actually start talking to them and those are the ones I probably feel the most comfortable with. Um there are some customers, like, I would say, like, straight, straight being blunt again, like, middle-aged to, like, older white men with a weird fetish. <laughs> mm. Like, those type of men, they love me because mm. I'm dark-skinned and their wives are usually, like, white and, like, blonde and petite and all these. Like, I'm I'm pretty petite. Well, I'm, like, average petite-ish, whatever. But I you're, got you're very like, petite. Yeah. Well, I have, you like, are. <laughs> Well, you're not yours. Like you have thick legs, though, and yeah. you've got like a booty. Like you're very muscular, well, think, athletic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like y you're very small, but you're very strong. Yeah, you're not, yeah you've like, always been super. Strong. You're not like delicate. You're like tiny and yeah, very yeah. muscular. Yeah. So it's like. That so that's something like <laughs> it sounds good. Now, no, it's it's like now that we've thoroughly described you, <laughs> now you can describe you like a little tiny, extremely muscular, big butt. She's not short. I mean, she's like five six. Like we're all the same height. But like, yeah. I just always felt like you have always just been like. You're like, oh, I need to go upside down and like swing my leg over there. And you're like, yeah, sure. And I'm yeah. standing there like, mm, maybe not. Like, <laughs> and six years later, I'm like, maybe not. And you're like, no, it's cool. But bam. <laughs> do this so, trick. Yeah. You can do it. Like, yeah. like you have like very well-defined abs. I would just put it that way. Oh, you do. No, this has been a thing. Hey, forever. This is like the scarlet. My two like, sit-ups. Yeah. That's a year. <laughs> yeah, like I do two sit-ups a day and like you have a six-pack and we're like, okay, uh, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> I'm over here eating only salad. Like, whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah. Genetics. Thanks, mom. No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but like that's but that's like part of the attraction right it's like those like old white dudes are like oh my gosh this 
young, petite, strong-ass black girl is something my (laughs) wife will never be or my girlfriend or some woman in his life or whatever that I am the opposite of. So they want that. But then that translates into them thinking they can push my boundaries because they Mm -hmm. also think that they're the only one that wants, that will want that. And then they get that kind of like Mm -hmm. uppity. Like power play. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, but you know, like I'm the only one that's going to want you. So you should lower your prices or let me touch you here or let me do this thing because no one else is going to pay what you're asking. And I'm like, actually, you're not the only creep out there. I feel like it's more common, at least, I don't know, because we've talked about, like, uh, the fetishizing of, like, skin color, Mm -hmm. and, like, I mean, I've had it happen with some uh, non-white people, I guess, with me. I don't know. And, like, (laughs) but it only happened out here on the East Coast, and it was only, I can only count on one hand, I think I can say, like, two times that I really remember and I remember it just being like, oh, that's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that happen to me before. And then I realized in that moment, wow, this happens to Scarlett all the time. And mm-hmm. I did not give her credit at the time when she would explain to me. I was always kind of like, yeah, but that's good because like, you're making money. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it because I was like, yeah, people are like weirdos. Like, But then when it was happening to me, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this would feel shitty. And this would feel shitty to happen all the time. Yeah. And, um... So I'm sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> but I'm glad that we can talk about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's important too is having the open dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that makes yeah. a difference. Do you feel like that affects how you act in the club and interact with your customers? Yes. Sometimes I'll definitely play up the more educated side because they're like, oh, not only are you like this, you know, petite black strong woman I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be that forever <laughs> but you're also like you speak really well and I'm like yes I speak very well and like you know sometimes I'll throw in a little hint of an English accent like I'm so fancy you know because they like that like bougie-ness <laughs> like I'm so fancy I'm from England yeah. <laughs> or am I? I'm from New England you know like that area yeah. You can't tell she's also a dork. Like, this is why we get along, because we're all dorks. Super dorky. Well, that's great. But that's, like, but that's part of it. And then, like, and then some customers, like, I'll, it's, like, when I have, like, African-American customers come in who, like, are, like, oh, hey, another sister. They do me the hand bump. And I'm, like, what's up, my brother? Like, I mean, we're not, like, Wakanda forever or anything like that. So- but, can I say that? You can say whatever you want. Okay. I, can't, I, I don't that? think yeah. I can say that. Disney's I think he's like, I think you can say that though. I just think it's funny. Like, talk about like dorky here. You just reference Wakanda. I mean, when it, after though, for real though, after that movie first came out and we were in the club and every every time I'd see like another black dancer or a black customer, we were doing the little the little X across the chest, Wakanda forever, like head head nod. Oh my like. gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. <sighs> it was great. It's like so yeah. dorky, but it became like a little like a tiny like like the like the Black Power or the yeah the Black Panther like fist in the air like a little underground like Black Power movement. So it was like a thing, but yeah. But now people no, think you're cool. a nerd if you do it. So I'm still a nerdy, but. <laughs> well, you've always been nerdy, so it, <laughs> it doesn't true, change true. anything. That's true. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as far as customers go, I think I change my attitude or my, like, the way I treat them based more on how they approach me than anything. So mm. if they approach me like, like if they, if the, even if it's a white person, if they want to approach me like more ghetto then I'll act more ghetto towards Mm -hmm. them versus like a white you know regular blue collar guy who wants to be all uppity up I'll usually act maybe a little bit like like a oh you're coming to save me Captain Save-A-Ho I'm so glad you could be here oh my gosh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) 
like that type. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Captain Save-A-Ho. But I do have like, That's I do funny. have a couple customers who I can be like really, who I'm really chill with. Like, and they actually both happen to be black guys and they're really, one's like, he just likes to give me advice. He likes to pretend he's my dad, but then we go up and we do dances and I'm like, oh, who has daddy issues? Yeah. <laughs> but he gives good advice. And then the other one, we just like joke around for an hour and a half. And then every time he comes in, I'm like, oh snap, let's go upstairs and mess around. And he's like, oh my God, you're so annoying. I'm like, shut up, you love me. And we're like good friends. <laughs> I would consider him a good friend, but yeah, it depends on, I would say it depends on how the customer approaches me first and their mm -hmm. attitude towards what I look like versus like me deciding on this is my attitude for the night. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any customers that you're afraid of that you get nervous approaching when they, when people come in? Not maybe specific people, but like a type of customer that like you... Yeah, I would say the really, really older white men who maybe they don't, maybe they don't have money, but they look like they do. Like they're very specific type of like, um, like there's one guy who comes in. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think the way to describe him. Like he, he's a good, like he ended, he ended up being a nice guy, but when I first when he first came in and I first started like seeing him, he actually approached me. I didn't approach him because I was like, this looks like the kind of guy like I don't want to get involved with. Um, but like the older like comes in with like a plaid shirt on and like sneakers and like khaki pants, like <laughs> that type of dude. But they all have like an air of superiority about mm. them. And those are the kind of dudes I usually try to stay away from because they can get very, very degrading. Like they're very like... They have that more uppity attitude where they're like, I'm actually really rich, so I can treat you however I want. And you remind me of, <laughs> this actually, one dude told me this once, I reminded him of his mother's maid or some weird shit like oh that. Oh my god. Whoa. And I was just like, okay, cool, I'm just gonna go. Oh my god. Like for your own mental health, like just not even go there. Yeah, because it's, but that's like the, the generation they came from, right? They all had, they right. all grew up in the South, they all had black mates or whatever. So, you know, it's like a continuing thing. I think that's another big difference too about probably working where we all came from, you know, closer to like the Midwest or like mm -hmm. more like the West Coast and going and working somewhere closer to, you know, you're working on the East Coast, there's just there's a huge difference with like how race has influenced those communities over time, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, you're going to see people who had maids, you know, their parents or their grandparents had maids where we didn't really see that kind of mentality where we grew up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, so you started dancing with us, um, two white women, I guess, how do you feel that your relationship has changed with us since we started? Um, I would say, if anything, our relationships have gotten a lot more understanding, I guess, I don't know if that made sense grammar-wise, but, like, like, because of the industry we started in, or the location we started in, and now the locations that we're at now, the change that I've seen in you guys as far as, like, wanting to understand more of, like, what... I'm dealing with and what other dancers of color are dealing with has gotten like a lot stronger. Like our communication has changed for the better. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't feel like, um, like I feel like sometimes some relationships with other dancers who are white can be a lot of work because it's like, I constantly have to like explain to them that this situation is wrong because of X or this doesn't, don't say that to this person because of Y or, you know, whatever. Like you can't say the N word to a group of black dudes cause they don't know you. Like, you know, like, even if they do know you. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, that type of stuff. And like, you know, like we do have a couple friends who like one of them constantly says things to me and I'm just like, and you probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> when you kind of, I feel like too, like you don't say certain things cause we're maintaining or you're maintaining like a work relationship that's positive, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily like a, like, it's like, it's like, is it worth it to have the conversation? Is it not worth it? Because like you don't want the work environment to be like uncomfortable or hostile. And that puts you in like an awkward, like you and I have so many conversations about that. Like it's like, it can be like awkward. It's awkward being your friend 
having you tell me about something that someone has said, and then we both are like, okay, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> like, what what do we do, you know? Because if you tell me, that, like, yeah. we got to ride, bitch, like, <laughs> we got to tell her, I'll be like, okay, here we go. But if you're like, no, then I just take your cue, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point, because it's, it, I mean, it depends, it's very, it's very different, like, I guess very different relationships with people that I've grown up with that I know versus people that like I'm new, I'm forming new relationships with kind of figuring out how to be around and they're figuring out how to be around me and that kind of stuff. Cause like, I don't know. And out here it's very different. Like I grew up, we grew up in a primarily white community, which is a very different atmosphere I guess, than growing up, than being out here and being in different, like, mixed groups and having more options to be in mixed groups. Because, like, when I was growing up, obviously my family gatherings, like, 90% of us were black. Obviously, I had, like, a few white cousins here and there, like, dotted in because of marriage and whatever. And they were always the odd ones out. And then when I'd be with my family, that's, like, family, so it's different. But here, like, going to, like, a concert and being, like, oh, snap there's other black people here, you know, versus like seeing the one at the mall. <laughs> you're walking down the little aisle at the mall and you see one, you're like, yeah, nod. Out here, I'm like, <laughs> when I would nod to people when I first moved out here, people were like, who is this weirdo nodding to me? Like, <laughs> you know, so then I came into the clubs and I'm like trying to form relationships with black dancers and they're like, who is this strange girl? Like, why does she want to be my friend? And I'm like, black people, black people, black people. <laughs> So, like, that, <laughs> that's been really interesting. But as far as, like, you know, my friendships with you guys and, like, our communications, I think, has changed a lot for the better. Like, we're able to communicate on a different level than we were before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that also has translated outside of work stuff where, like, I don't think we ever talked so much about, like, race, racism, like, relationships like like we're in regards to that the same way that we talk about it now where like I can ask you a question and we can talk about things and like you you will tell me and even if it's uncomfortable it's like we're talking about it Mm -hmm. so like I appreciate it for sure on my end because like I want to understand and I want to be like support for you um because I like having you out here (laughs) We miss you, Charlie. You're far away. But. Oh, I know. I miss you guys, too. Yeah, no. I wish I was out there, quarantined you in your house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We are actually recording this during the uh, COVID-2 to 2019, whatever, uh, quarantine thing. 20, 2020. 22, well, 19. <laughs> yeah. This is the, 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 corona. the beginning of the quarantine, so we're just trying to be yes. productive. Keep an eye on those flights, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so then I guess what other things have changed for you from dancing in a primarily all-white club to a club that is more mixed now? Um, I would say, as odd as it sounds, a lot less competitiveness. Because I was one of three, there was a lot more competitiveness to, fig- to be like, okay, I'm going to be the best black girl, which, like, that really messes with your head. No, but there's, like, there was a lot more competition to be, like, the one people chose. And then, like, none of us were friends. I didn't make friends with with either of them. And, mm-hmm. like, we, it was, like, a constant air of, like, competition because we knew it was, it was going to be one of us or it was going to be none of us. Like, it wasn't one or all. It was just one or none. And I feel like out here, because the atmosphere is a lot more diverse, a lot more women have I guess the ability or the desire to stick together and kind of like help each other more so like the black women at the club I'm at now they're very like everybody's really welcoming like they're nobody's out there like trying to be best friends and like hey let's hang out 24 7 and be best friends and be up each other's asses and do all that shit like nobody's doing the nod yeah (laughs) (laughs) the nod is out no it's more of like like there's a camaraderie there that I've never experienced with other women of color because I felt like growing up, um, because it was like a limited number, we we're always in competition with each other. 
and now I'm free to actually compete with myself, which is like so cheesy, mm -hmm. but like now I'm, I'm more about beating myself and like finding, getting my, my best number up on the board than like worrying about is the girl behind me going to do more tricks or better tricks? Is she going to get more guys or whatever? Because like I know what I have to market and they know what they have to market. And we will often like, often I'll find myself teaming up with the girls to, you know, double team some dude and be like, Hey, why don't you take us both up? Or why don't you, you know, tip her, tip me, tip her, tip me. Oh, you like ass, you like titties, you like egg, you know, whatever you like. Like We got both. Yeah. We got it all. Yeah. Between the two of us, we got you. <laughs> like there's one girl that she's really short and I love her to death, but we always do the short tall routine and I'm not actually that tall, but in my heels, I'm like six two and in her, she's my normal height. So <laughs> we always team up and I'm just like, look at my teeny little baby. And she's like, look at my big baby. And we're just like <laughs> doing this thing. It's so funny. I love her to That's death, so but silly. it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I never stopped being silly. <laughs> I know. It's just like the way you described that. You're just like, uh, sexy. Look at my little baby. Look yeah. at my big baby. People are like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what I wanted. They're both babies. <laughs> I love tall, short baby routines. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Actually, the other day, it was me and the short little black girl and then this one, like, white girl. And where this this older dude was so so into the Oreo. <laughs> oh man. So into the Oreo. He was like, if you guys just call me daddy, that's it. We're going upstairs. And we're like, okay, daddy. He was he was on it. <laughs> we're just like, okay, we'll take all your money. <laughs> <We'll go upstairs. laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that was so funny. Um <laughs> I on a different note, I was going to quickly make a comment and I can edit this in earlier because it was something that you said when you're talking about kind of like growing closer, like with Darby specifically, because, you know, you guys are together a lot of the time and, you know, like her like asking more questions about like, you know, how you feel in different situations and becoming more understanding of like you as a black woman and how you're experiencing different things. Like I think from like my perspective in the club I think that um uh people when they're in a club environment they say a lot of things that they wouldn't say mm -hmm. anywhere else yeah that's it's a good like point. Be, they they feel really free and open like oh like I can say anything here and it's kind of like a free zone so I think there's like a lot of things that maybe I I came in contact with and maybe you guys came in contact with as well that you usually don't encounter especially because like the kind of places that we would go and like spaces we would inhabit are not the kind of places that we would really like hear certain types of you know talk or like come in contact with a lot of like problematic conversation like you'd hear it a little bit but it wouldn't be as much mm -hmm. but when you're in the club people are like feeling like they can say anything they want and so it's like all of a sudden all these like little comments are coming out where they're judging other girls in front of you saying like racist slang or sexist slang like left and right because they feel like this like this comfort and I was just thinking that um, I think that that element specifically probably brought up a lot of conversations that maybe we hadn't encountered before because we hadn't been in those situations that we had in the club. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like where they weren't so blatantly obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like where you, like, you know, you encounter s small instances here and there. But I think that just like uh, like a strip club environment is just more extreme because you have like so many different type of people in like a very small setting and a lot of them feel like they need their opinions heard like they want to critique people yeah mm -hmm. so you're like oh now I'm like encountering like all these <laughs> different things that I usually would not have to come in contact with which like in turn like makes me have to like really think about a lot of things about mm -hmm. how I feel about things and it asks makes me ask more questions so I don't like know if you want to respond to that or anything, but I was just thinking about that. Well, I think sometimes as a sex worker, too, people don't view you as a person. Yeah. They just yeah. view you as, like, a skin suit that's also talking. Mm -hmm. But they don't think that, like, you have feelings or, like, they just view people as, like, uh, objects. And we kind of get used to it and hardened to it because people say fucked up shit all the time. Um, 
but I think it's harder when it's, I mean, I don't know, I guess, like, I think you, maybe I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like between you and us, you mm-hmm. experience, I mean, more, more, yeah. one more things that are specific to your skin color. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that guy, that, uh, that guy that said that stuff to go out your hair or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, not just from, you know, from both sides. Yeah. Um, so, but that's where I was on, I was on side stage and a dude came up to me cause, um, uh, it's like, you can go right up to the dancers on your own side stage. This guy came up to me and said, um, he was black and he said, I appreciate the, you know, the, the natural hair movement and the natural system movement, but you know, maybe next time you should like consider doing your hair, which was done. And your makeup, which was also done. And your nails, too. He said something about your nails. Yeah, and my nails. Which, were, everything was done. They were just, like, more on the natural side. And you looked he, adorable. He didn't like that. <laughs> which I also was upset about because you had gotten ready and you had asked me. And I was like, no, you should wear... I think you had your hair in buns. Mm-hmm. There was It was so cute. I was like, no, you should wear your hair like that. It looks adorable. And you were feeling good about it after you'd kind of gotten over, like, feeling self-conscious about it. Because you usually do not wear your natural hair out. Yeah. And then for him to say that to you... I have never had a man tell me that I should have this or that. Mm -hmm. I've had people comment on tattoos, whatever, but even that's rare Mm -hmm. and far between. And I just couldn't believe that somebody who understands, who should understand. Yeah, who should understand the struggle. (laughs) Would come up to you and basically ruin your night because anytime anybody says that something to you that gets to you... Mm It's hard to come back from that to bounce back and be like, well, now I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to be naked and I'm going to be talking and charming and sparkly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't believe that he said that. I mean, I was, you were really upset and I was upset. We were all upset. Yeah, that was, that was a really rough night. Yeah. (laughs) Charlie's upset. No, I, the funny thing was I never saw him again. I don't think he ever came back, but like. I don't know, because I was like, well, if he comes back, I'm going to tell that man off, because, you know, now I'm I'm at my peak or whatever the heck. But, no, I, yeah, no, I agree. I think that the club atmosphere gives people, or people think it gives them a license to say mean things or things that they wouldn't say to anywhere else to a dancer, because yeah. to them, we're basically just, like, sex robots. <laughs> yeah, just like gives them permission to comment on your looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're paying Which, you, they think they get to say yeah. whatever they want. That's why I have trouble dealing with those like older entitled white men because that is the attitude that they walk in with. Mm. And mm. It, it may not be the attitude that they have when I come around and talk to them, but I only talk to them enough to get my tips and that's it. Because otherwise, like, I risk... I risk that abuse, but on a, like, a higher level than I would from, like, a normal drunk dude who's, like, oh, hey, like, I really like your, your hair. Can I touch it? Like, no. Or, like, you know, oh, your booty's so big. Oh, you're a big black woman. Like, stuff like that. Like, that's pretty normal. Like, I love big black booties, and I'm just, like, okay. (laughs) Well, you know, and I know who you were talking about earlier now, um, and I do remember when I... Like, kind of, because, like, I've known that particular customer for a while, um, and the older white guy in the polo, the whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is my friend Scarlett, one of my best friends, whatever, and, like, you kind of would come around and, like, you leave, and I was like, this is a money guy, like, where's she going? And then the last time, or second to last time, he like, the last couple times he's been in, you, like, hung out more, and it was good, but it was interesting. I mean, he's going to poke anybody's buttons and and try to get a rise out of people and just like he just likes to make kind of assy jokes and he does spend a lot of money so you know no one's complaining but it was pretty much like all the jokes he was making were all about how you were black yeah and you of course in my opinion I mean were charming and wonderful and took it very well and and made it turned it manipulated it to be where you were I think more you more in the power position Mm -hmm. um and from looking from the outside but I mean, nobody's sitting around laughing about how I'm white. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's never mm-hmm. happening. Even, like, in a group of black men who might like me, it's not... Like, they might make a couple jokes, and then I laugh about Starbucks and whatever, but <laughs> but that's basically as far as it goes. And, I mean, it was, like, what, a solid, like, five hours on Valentine's Day where, you know... Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, it was funny, because you were just, like, 
asking for reparations and yeah. he's giving you like a well, hundred dollar bills yeah. so i mean like okay but because he was saying like oh it's black history month i can't touch you or reparations so every time i come around i'd give him a hug and oh shout reparations <laughs> and he's like giving her all this money it was great it was great but i mean like yeah that would never happen to us yeah so like but you have to be so strong to put up with the already like general shittiness of the way people treat you treat any of us and then like it's, there's this act, extra layer that's like added on that is like just the same mm -hmm. you know like it's like it's like it's you expect it every night and I am surprised by it when it happens to me and I know it's so different but it's like you just deal yeah. with that constantly Like, how has the insane negatively affected your mental and, like, physical health? Like, has there been any positive effects? Yeah. Yes. Um, as far as, like, negatively, I'll touch on that a little bit first. Because um, I think in the end, there's been a lot more positive effects. Oh, I don't do dances with black girls. Like, that kind of stuff. You know, it hurts me a little bit because it's like, well, what's different about me and my skin color than, like, than like Darby or Charlie or you know another girl at the club like what what exactly is the difference here besides my skin color you know what I mean like I would get mm -hmm. it if they were like I don't like your personality you're just not as charming as Darby fine <laughs> I'm not because I'm sometimes meaner but you know whatever <laughs> but like when it's when it comes down to like race like that really like th those are the comments that like get under my skin and I usually have to take a good like 24 hours to recover from like sometimes I'll straight call out because I'm like I don't want to go through that again today you yeah. know but on the other hand it has made me a lot stronger of a person as far as like being able to bounce back mm -hmm. and like not let those comments affect me and also not take it as a personal attack against me and realize that it's something within that person that is negative about them. Like their comments don't really have anything to do with me. Like I was telling, um, one of the managers or no, one of the bouncers at work the other day, they were like, you know, you could have gone up with so-and-so guy. And I was like, he didn't really want me. And they're like, well, doesn't that make you mad? And I was like, no, because for every one of him that doesn't want me, there's going to be 10 more that want the crap out of me. And that literally happened later that night. I had a line. I'm like running around the bar like, okay, five minutes, five minutes. I'll be back, baby. Five minutes. Hold on, daddy. Five Get minutes. It, girl. You know? <laughs> and I'm running around like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'm assigning guys to other dancers. I don't have time for this. You take her. You take her. You take her. This guy's going to give me however much amount. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. for every one guy that doesn't want me, oh, well, there's going to be 10 more that do. And they want me for more or for, you know, continuous or whatever they mm -hmm. want, you know. So that kind of stuff, like, has made me a lot stronger mentally. As far as physically, negatives and positives. Um, so, like, as you both know, but the, I'm sure the listeners don't know, um, I had back surgery when I was younger. So that just takes a toll on me all the time. Like, I could be walking down the street and be like, ugh, my back, because I have arthritis, like a little old lady, huh? Anyway, <laughs> but, so, like, the, the dancing and, like, doing the physical work hurts a lot all the time if I'm working, like, constantly. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have to, I have to do a lot more, like, self-care and, like, physical self-care as, like, yoga and stretching and, like, or just taking a bath or like relaxing in order to like reset my body so that I don't hurt myself. Cause I did, I pulled it, I pulled my knee recently and it's been like an injury that I'm still trying to recover from very slowly. So like that kind of stuff. But on the positive side, I've gotten a lot stronger. So I'm already strong. Thanks guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now I'm a lot stronger and I'm able to like trust my body a lot more and I am doing more tricks and like wanting to learn more and like also like loving my body a lot more so like there's been times where I'm like oh my god I'm so fat I'm like a little fat blob and I just get on stage and I blob around but then I don't even care let me blob around for my period you know and I'll blob around somebody's gonna love my blob and it'll be great 
And then other That's times, awesome. I'm like, heck no, I'm like a stallion. I'm like the most beautiful pony in the stable. Like, look out. I shake my mane, you know? <laughs> but... Hell yes, you are. No, I know exactly what you mean where it's like, I feel like sometimes I feel like the stallion and the blob at the same time. I'm like, I am hot and smushy. <laughs> And you want it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do feel like this job kind of forces you to take better care of yourself because if you don't, then you end up making less in the long run because you're not sparkly, mm. like you said earlier, Darby. Like, you don't have that. You don't want to be sparkly because you're like, who cares? I don't care. I look like shit right now. I don't want to take care of myself. I don't want to take care of nobody. But when you're, like, mm. actively taking steps to, like, take care of yourself and, like, really work on who you are and love yourself, then you're more likely to be sparkly more often. Yeah, because I feel like if we're not sparkly, like, we go in not feeling sparkly, we're both like, well, then I guess we're getting drunk. Yeah. To try to, like, <laughs> bring out manifest some fucking sparkle. But really, it just manifests us being like, let's just Tonight fucking sucks. fight someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're bored. Let's fight. Yeah. No, we don't really like to fight. We just, like, joke about it. Miss Scarlet. Uh, what do you wish you knew before you started? Oh, if you could so go back things. in time, <laughs> doodly 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 doo, to tiny itty bitty baby Scarlet and impart words of wisdom, what would you say? Start an Instagram, bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. How you feel now because of Corona? You're like, I wish I was on the internet making money. I wish I had all these accounts. Instagram, OnlyFans. Yeah. No, I mean... Actually, I would have said to start a social media account sooner and maintain it. Maybe not, like, be crazy with it and, like, become an influencer or anything like that. But at least, like, have a have a following. And also, save your money, ho! Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. If only I could have gone back to her, slapped her across the face a couple times, and been, like, put aside. Doesn't matter how much you make on your shift. Put aside 10% in a box, in a shoebox, in whatever box you have, in the car, under the seat, like, in the mattress. Cut a hole in your goddamn mattress like one of those bitches. Like, do that. (laughs) Save your money. Because I didn't learn, like, I've always been, like, not great with money, I will admit. (laughs) But I didn't learn, like, more about, like, investing and all of that until much later. Um, well, I actually started following, um, Darby's recommendation, this woman called Racks to Riches. Well, her Instagram is called Racks to Riches. And she has all kinds of, like, stripper tips and, like, baby stripper tips and, like, how to get, how to, like, like, get your money up and, like, work on your confidence and, like, lines to use to attract customers or repel the wrong customers, like, that kind of stuff. And I started, like, really going through her page and, like, looking at her stuff and like taking what applied to me and like using that and then also like from her page I went and started following a bunch of other dancers and kind of watching them like work via Instagram and then also like watching the other girls and then I would say like at some point last year I kind of just like was like okay I'm gonna try this new approach and if it works great and if it doesn't then I'll just tweak it until it works and it worked and from there like my sales just like increased I would say at least by like 50 percent which it sounds like a lot but like it does sound like a lot (laughs) I feel like it's even more than that well like since then yeah it's been more than like like originally it was like 50 percent because there were some nights where I wasn't able to still like turn it on as much Mm -hmm. as I am now whereas like now I feel like it's more of like my work persona is a lot more developed where I'm able to take, like, me, like, myself into the club, but I'm able to check my ego more at the door and kind of mm. make it more about, like, my work persona, like, make it more about Scarlet and, like, what Scarlet wants, what Scarlet needs, and, like, how she's going to act, you know, during the course of a shift, how many customers I want to talk to. And I think, actually, I think that has helped quite a bit is saying my goal is to talk to, maybe not get dances with, but talk to at least 10 customers or at least 20 customers, at least 15, at least eight, at least four, you know? And I think that really helped 
as far as like clicking and then being able to be like, oh, well, if I can talk to four, then I can talk to eight. If I can talk to eight, then I can talk to 10. If I can talk to 10, then I can talk to 20 and so on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like that, oh, I was just going to say, do you feel like that was like a big shift in your confidence as well? Yeah, definitely. I think too, like, I felt, I've been feeling, well, I felt back then like more at ease with myself because I've been doing a lot of like work on myself and like figuring out like what are the things that make me happy and what are things I need to leave behind and what are things I want to take going forward. And at that point, like just on my own as a person, I was feeling like I'm feeling more confident as like in myself and who I am and who I want to be versus like who I think I should be or who I thought I wanted to be. And I think that definitely made a huge difference coming into the club because I have more, I guess, more confident energy versus just energy as a whole. Like a sense of self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like I come in, like that same attitude of like, well, if that one doesn't want me, then 10 others will. You know, that that attitude is definitely something I did not have before. Like, you know, I like. I think that's great. Yeah. So like, like, direct, like, like directed energy. Like yeah. you've pinpointed it into a tiny laser. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm like, that one. <laughs> but also say, like, you used to hate doing dances. Mm-hmm. You used to not want to do them at all. And I remember you even telling me, like, I'm just not going to do dances anymore. And I was like, okay, whatever you're comfortable with. But now, like, you do dances all the time. Like, you're selling courts, like, left and right. And I guess, like, what, like, what changed about that for you, like, from, like, not wanting to do dances to, like, now being comfortable? Like, what, I guess, how did you, like, work through that? I think a lot of, like, realizing my dance style, I guess, um, if that makes sense. So, like, realizing, like, I am a little bit more introverted as a person. So when I'm at the club, sometimes it takes me a minute to warm up. So rather than, like, trying to force myself to go up right away, I'll do, like, I'll talk more, have more conversations, like, at the beginning of the night. Or I just won't talk to anybody for, like, the first hour. And, like, that seems, like, counterintuitive (laughs) to making money, but for me, that's what works. Like, it takes me a minute to, like, warm up to the space, even though I go to the same club every day, you know, work the same shift, however many hours a day, and do the same moves on stage. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to, like, warm up to the atmosphere. So, if I'm able to give myself that warm-up, whether it be 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, then I'm able to, like feel myself a little bit more and then be like okay I'm ready to go like start taking people upstairs and as far as getting being upstairs my boundaries have definitely changed like I've gotten a lot stronger enforcing my boundaries this is what I will do this is what I won't do here's where you can touch me here's where you can't now uh-uh don't do that you know like <laughs> Like, like taking the power. More. So yeah. it's like you're a, like you're interacting in the situation with someone versus having something done to you. Yes. You're like giving them permission to take part in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely getting better at like saying these are what my boundaries are. You're not going to surpass, you're not going to pass them mm-hmm. unless I give you permission. And even if I do give you permission, it's only because I have a different boundary and it's a little bit further down. But like still. So I think definitely becoming stronger and enforcing my boundaries has made a huge difference in not only my sales but also the confidence that I have in myself that I'm able to do these sales because I know like someone's gonna want what I have because I want what I have you know what I mean yeah because we used to go in and you'd be like it's okay if I make you know at least two hundred dollars and now you're like I'm gonna make fucking five hundred dollars tonight and I'm like fuck yeah and it's like I love seeing that in you. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, so looking towards the future, or I guess uh, like looking from then to now, um, we kind of talked about fears in the beginning. How have your fears changed? I would say they're more more about like, I guess if, like if I were going to go audition at a new club, then I'd worry about, I worry more now about race than I ever did before. So, like, two examples. So, I went and auditioned recently at another club. um, And I went with another black girl. And neither of us got hired. And there's 
like we never got feedback as to the actual reason why but the prevailing theory between her and I and a couple other girls I've talked to about it is because I went with another black girl and also I was wearing dreadlocks at the time and I wasn't like as pulled together as they would want to see from a black girl so like next time doing that differently I'd probably want to go either alone or with a white girl or with somebody that already works there or like kind of change up my look a little bit or something like that um how and then would you, how would you change your look I guess that like how do you feel like you would change your look to be more I don't know like likable I guess that's uh, like a shitty way to put it I don't yeah know. or more like I guess generic would be the right word not maybe not generic but like more mainstream like what would you change your hair or like what you're wearing so I probably not wear dreads because that's more of like an of like a specialty ethnic look mm. I'd probably wear like either blonde wig or like have straight hair that's like really pressed to a T and then have my makeup be a little bit more put together or like maybe even have my makeup match my thong or <laughs> something like that like not natural hair mm. like straight or like curly but not like natural fro curl like like beach wave curl type of curl um, as far as fears go, probably dealing with, like, management. Um, so Darby reminded me earlier about a story. Actually, I think I had <laughs> blocked it out in my memory. Sorry. <laughs> Trauma! No. I was like, she's traumatizing me right here on our <laughs> I'm show. I'm re-traumatizing you. Welcome you to our show right. where we traumatize our guests. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, at the club we're at now, um... We used to have another really angry, angry manager. So angry. Um, and one of his things was he didn't want to hire too many black girls because he didn't want the, like, urban ghetto vibe, I guess. And so one time um, when I was – we were both in the room. Me and Darby were in the room um, to talk to him about me working. And he was like, oh, I already have too many black girls. Like, I can't have that many black girls on the schedule. Like – like, right in front of me, and I'm, like, right there. <laughs> and he's, like, I'm just not looking for that type of vibe. And she basically, like, had to not beg him, but, like, well, basically kind of beg him for, like, giving me, to give me a chance to just work at the place just because of my skin color um, by saying, like, I'm not a problem, like, I'm not going to start fights or do any of those, like, things that he considered ghetto. And... That was an experience. <laughs> well, it was shitty because he wasn't even talking to you. Like mm -hmm. we, And I guess maybe that was partially my fault. We walked in and I was saying, this is my friend, uh, Scarlett. She's already been hired here. Because you'd worked, I think, like maybe like one or two times before. But she has another job, so she's not always like available. Mm -hmm. And then, and I can't remember like why you were on the schedule or, or something. Or I don't remember. But... Then he, yeah, then he talked, so then I'm talking to him about you working tonight, and then, and I knew he was difficult, and I didn't want you to deal with that, because I knew that he was a, a shitty person, but then he doesn't even talk to you, he acts like you're not even there, he talks to me, and says that horrible thing in front of you, and then, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, you're right, it was like, I'm like trying to be like, well, she's not going to be this. She's really smart. She's really nice. She's really good. She's a good employee. Like, you know, trying to do all these things. But yeah, it's like, it was like a shitty, yeah, I felt really shitty about it. And I felt horrible for, I wish that conversation had happened in private because I wish you wouldn't have had to have heard it because mm -hmm. it was a new club you were going into with new girls and a whole new situation. And I would never want you to be hurt. But then I also feel shitty being like, well, I wish that that, Blatant racism had happened so I could keep it a secret from you, but I don't know. I guess I don't know what's better or not, but yeah, I can understand being afraid of that situation. Lucky for us, he doesn't work there anymore, but still. <laughs> well, that does not also to say that he's not the only one out there that thinks like that. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing like I've run into a little bit. I think it's what happened when the other girl and I went to audition at the club is that we definitely ran into that because the girl that took our pictures at the first club was, like, so rude, and just, like, she looked at us like we were trash, and she was very, like, like, the the house mom when we went in, she was super nice, and was like, oh, you guys thinking about working here, that's so great, you know, when you're done, like, you know, as soon as you get hired, you come see me, I'll take care of you, blah, 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 like, she was super nice, 
But then this girl was just like, oh, you guys want to fill out these applications and like, and we would ask like questions like she, um, the girl I was with knew the manager and was like, oh, is the manager here? And she was like, no, he went for a money run. Like, like why would he deign to talk to you two? Like of all people, like that was her attitude. And it was just like, okay. And when we left, I pretty much had the feeling like I was like, yeah, we're not going to get hired here. She probably just threw our pictures away. Like that's really shitty. And then the second place we went to, they were actually really nice. I don't know why we didn't get hired there. It's probably because the two of us went together and they didn't want to hire both of us, but they felt bad being like, oh, we don't want to hire both of you. So whatever the reason was there, um, or maybe it was that my look wasn't polished enough and they would have hired her, but they didn't, you know, once again, they felt bad not hiring or both of us. vice versa. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the reason may be, it was just like... Like, it was, it was, like, that was kind of a shitty experience. Like, it was, like, okay, like, and now I have to wonder, like, is it because I am black? Would they have hired me if I was white? You know what I mean? Like, and that, that is, like, something completely new I've never had to deal with. And so, like, now that's something I have to take into my auditions and my new experiences with new clubs. So I know we've been talking about doing a, um... Strips across America. Well, my sister calls it Strips across America with the sing-songy <laughs> voice and everything. My mom hates it, but it's so funny. <laughs> um, so our Strips across America tour. Um, I think some of my fears with that would be going like if we go to the South or Texas, even and like going there and possibility like the possibility of me not getting hired at a club where you guys get hired at. Or vice versa, where I get hired alone because it's more of a, like, urban club or a big booty club or whatever. <laughs> and, like, going into that environment alone, like, as we were just talking about the, you know, keeping your team strong, like, having you guys there with me will help, but it'll still be, like, really nerve-wracking to, like, go into that experience alone. And, you know, like, it's, it's definitely a possibility of not getting hired at some place. And have, or having to deal with like straight racist management or bouncers or customers, especially in the South or in Texas. Or even in, I've heard of really bad things about um, Colorado. <laughs> so, you know, it just depends on what part of the country we end up in. To finish off our wonderful interview with lovely Lady Scarlet, I was wondering if you could discuss a couple women in the industry that you look up to. Oh, absolutely. I have a whole list. No, I'm, I follow most of them on Instagram because I feel like Instagram is where a lot of dancers post most of their stuff, um, which is good. And it's good that Instagram hasn't decided to take everybody down so we're still going strong there um but of course racks to riches um shout out to her she's helped me a lot <laughs> um her account and like following her apps and actually like taking some of her courses has helped me quite a bit as far as like my confidence and building my sales um there's another one called um Giselle Marie She's a dancer, um, and she's been awesome. There is the Charm School for Dancers. That one, she's another one who, obviously her name's not in the, 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 her handle, um, but she has a lot of good lessons on there, especially about making money and watching your money. Um, she's really good. Oh, and Young Pole Master. I don't know if you guys follow him, but mm -hmm. Young Pole Master is awesome. He teaches really well. Like, on his Instagram page, he teaches tricks and stuff. He is, like, really um, sex worker friendly. He's not just a pole. Because he is in the industry as well, as far as I know. Um, and he's really, really sex worker friendly. So he does a lot of things specifically at for us. Um, oh, and then the last one I follow, who I'm really influenced by as well. Her name is Jenea Sky on Instagram. Um, Jenea underscore Sky. And she's great. Obviously, Cardi B, <laughs> Megan <laughs> The Stallion, <laughs> and, you know, some of the more famous strippers from back in the day. Well, thank you so much, Scarlett, for uh, talking to us today and answering so many of our questions. We really appreciate you. 
And yes, thank you. And we know we miss being the the three musketeers. The three musketeers. The three, Charlie's Angels. Yes, the trifecta of <laughs> popping pussies or whatever we said earlier, popping posse. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, we, whatever. We <laughs> shall we shall reunite in stress strips across America. Um, I guess just yes. one thing is that as we are planning our strips across America, we're probably like a year or so out. If any of you that may be listening have any ideas of clubs that we should travel to, um, maybe even like more friendly like mixed clubs that we all could feel comfortable in, we would love to send you know send them our way. Um, we love that and yeah if you guys have any comments either as well about the episode or any questions maybe for Scarlet you know let us know in the meantime to soothe your aching loins you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla if you'd like to email us or call us with anecdotes for our upcoming episodes check out our social media for the themes we are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay Stay nasty. nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis. As we strip across America. It's going to be great.